Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT Hour 2 of the show. The shortened hour because we've got South Bend Cubs baseball pregame coming up here in about 33 minutes or so. And Vince D'Addario with Rapid Fire coming up as well. But uh, we moved our recruiting segment around a little bit, our Tuesday recruiting segment. Ryan Roberts is with us from irishbreakdown.com and risingdraft.com. How are you today, Ryan? I'm good, Sean. I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Good to talk to you. We've got some beautiful weather, so, you know, that's all we can ask for right now. And, uh, let, you know, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, Notre Dame got a commitment over the weekend. Defensive lineman Devin Houston. What do you think about this four-star guy? Yeah, no, it, it, I think it was a great commitment for Notre Dame because I think that one thing that they have kind of been lacking on the defensive line, they've ha- been on off to a great start, obviously, getting a guy like a Keon Keeley, five-star out of Florida, Brendan Vernon out of Ohio, who's a really talented defensive end prospect as well that could potentially, I think, move in inside down the road. And kind of the same thing with Bubakar Triori out of Massachusetts they just got a couple weeks ago. They're mm-hmm. kind of those strong side defensive ends, maybe could be three techs down the line. But I think where... Devin Houston really comes into play for Notre Dame is they didn't really have a true nose in this class. They didn't really have a guy that could do a little bit of the dirty work by, while also being a really good athlete in this attack-style defense that I think Marcus Freeman has obviously implemented, and now I think Al Golden's going to get you know kind of his wrinkles with as well. So he's already right near six foot five, 280-plus pounds, has a great frame. I think he's going to be over 300 pounds, and it's, uh, it's an exciting one, I think, for Notre Dame because this was one where – Notre Dame had been keeping tabs on him since Mike Elston was obviously the previous defensive coordinator before Al Washington took over, and they had developed a good relationship. And then you kind of just didn't hear too much about Devin over you know a couple period a couple months span because he visited in January, but he had not been back to Notre Dame, and he had actually visited Michigan, which his brother plays basketball for the Michigan basketball team. So you think. Family ties, only visit, you know, one of the few visits he took was to Michigan and didn't get back to Notre Dame. And still, despite those things kind of going against the Irish, Coach Washington and the rest of the staff were able to close this one without him getting back to campus, which I think says a lot for just the level of, of recruitment that the, that this new staff has kind of employed. I still, you know, I look at this, it is 12 commits now in this 2023 class, eight on the defensive side of the ball. Is it, like, are we seeing... You know, there, there's a lot of talent there. We know that. But are we seeing basically, you know, a, a defensive-minded first-year head coach? Is, is, you know, that just kind of the way it's shaken out? Or, you know, what are, what are, what are to we expect? Or what are, what are we to expect in terms of, you know, maybe um, how the, start, the class starts filling out on the other side of the ball at some point? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I would say that we should expect a bunch of offensive guys kind of be off the board here pretty soon. I, what you – have seen this season is coming in, you know, at, from the off season <clears throat> into where we are now in the spring. The obviously with all the coaching changes that happens, you know, Coach Freeman obviously taking over before the bowl game, and then 
really kind of you know working his staff this offseason and figuring out who's the best fits and bringing in new coaches for the most part the defense I, I mean although you're changing a defensive coordinator to Al Golden the consistency throughout the, the hiring process is that coach Freeman is still on the on the on the uh, on the staff obviously right? right so I think that that didn't really impact the defensive staff because the main voice in the defensive room from last season was still on staff and just in a higher capacity. So I think that you didn't kind of interrupt momentum on the defensive side of the football. And I think on offense, although you returned Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator, you brought in Dylan McCullough as the new running back coach. You brought in Jared Parker as the new tight end coach. You brought in Chancey Stuckey as the new wide receiver coach. And then you bring back Coach Heastan as the offensive line coach. So there was a complete turnover on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that just having Coach Freeman was able to get kind of a leg up on defense. But I think that's going to start to really – I think it's going to even out pretty soon here. We okay. have guys that are, you know, kind of come off the board here pretty soon on the offensive side of the football. So I don't think Notre, fam, Notre Dame fans should worry. I think it's just more the, just the the situation that they were in from a coaching perspective. Gotcha. Twenty twenty three South Carolina tackle from the state of South Carolina, Sullivan Absher, is going to announce his commitment later this week. What's what's kind of the buzz on him, and you know the uh, the uh, recruit, you know the uh, recruiting that Notre Dame has done with him. Yeah, if you listen to anything that we do in Irish Breakdown, it's been pretty consistent with both me and Brian over the last few months, but I honestly did not feel great about where Sullivan Absher was with Notre Dame. I, I always felt that they were kind of running in a in a kind of a distant second. I always thought that Clemson was the assumed leader, and then when he visited for the Blue Gold game a couple weeks ago, I think that Notre Dame completely flipped the script on it, on this situation. Hmm. You know, I, I think now that Notre Dame is heading into the decision, the clear favorite in my opinion. Obviously, you know, there's a closing that needs to happen but I, I think Notre Dame fans should feel really good about that one he's an important one he's a really talented kid 6'7 290 pounds long arms tackle I think he could also play inside a guard because he plays with great pad level really physical powerful player so I think he would be an awesome get for coach Heastan who you know just got his first commit a couple weeks ago and Sam Pendleton the offensive lineman out of North Carolina and they continue to stay in the Carolinas there's a very non-traditional uh, untraditional Clemson versus Notre Dame battle for some offensive linemen this year, including uh, Pendleton and and um, and Absher that's going to be committing this Friday, and then Monroe Freeling, who also is a big target for Notre Dame as well. So kind of a, a strange year in that sense that Notre Dame is really going into the Carolinas for a lot of offensive linemen, but I feel like Notre Dame should feel really good where they are with Sullivan Absher, and it's another credit to Coach Heastan and the and the staff for the blue and gold weekend. I really think that they hit it out of the park with a guy like Sullivan Absher. Well, and how, how do you gauge the impact that, that Harry Heastan had on uh, recruiting Absher? Yeah, I, I think that, it, it, I mean, honestly, it's it's across the board. I, I know we're going to, you know, obviously focus on the Absher side of everything, but I, I really think that for a guy like a Sullivan Absher, he was always really intrigued by Notre Dame. I mean, he had been there in the past. He was there for the January visit and then obviously came back for the blue gold game. And I always think that he really liked Notre Dame. Like I said, I think that they were definitely running as the second the second of the group, you know, coming into the blue gold visit. But I think it's just the history, you know, behind what Coach Heastan has accomplished at Notre Dame. You know, I mean, you it doesn't take long. You just look at the list of, you know, the Ronnie Stanleys, the Quentin Nelsons, Mike McGlinchey's, Nick Martins. I mean, there's just a lot of great football players that he's obviously coached. And when Notre Dame was at their peak and when they had a claim for offensive line U, it was a lot of a lot of the credit has to be given to Coach Eastan. So I think that he's really shown this time around too that there were some people when he was hired back 
had a question, you know, just with the age in his 60s, obviously. Like, does he want to recruit? Does he want to be out on the road? Yeah. And, there, and it, it, there's, it's an understandable question, you know? Like, it's, I mean, I don't blame people for for thinking that at all. But I think he's really shown you, I mean, the minute that he was officially back on the staff, he was on the road, seeing Monroe, seeing Sullivan Absher, all over the place as far as his travel. So I think we have a revitalized um, you know, attack plan of attack from the recruiting side from a Harry Heastan. And I think that his just pedigree and resume that he's been able to build at Notre Dame before, I think was really kind of resonated with a few of the guys, including Absher. So uh, I guess what's next then as far as recruiting on the offensive line and, and how important is it that, that uh, they end up, you know, with, with a good offensive line in this recruiting class? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a class that they needed numbers for for one. You know, I, I think that they would be okay with four, but I think they would really like to push the number to five. Obviously, they have Pendleton on board. You're hoping that they're able to get a Sullivan Absher this weekend, so you'd be up to two in that instance. But I think that the biggest thing for me, Sean, is everybody is so excited, obviously, for what they have at offensive tackle right now in sophomores Joe Alton, Blake Fisher. But there's no guarantee that either one of those guys will be there after the 2023 season when they're draft eligible because they are two already highly thought about players who have the world of talent. So you need to start kind of having a plan at offensive tackle specifically. And I think that that's what makes this cycle for guys like Monroe Freeling, who I talked about earlier, Charles Jagasaw out of Illinois, the big tackle. Like those guys are paramount. Sam Pendleton is a great start. Sullivan Absher, I think, could play offensive tackle. I think he could definitely play offensive guard, too. He's got a little bit of, of fun, uh, versatility to him. But a guy like Monroe Freeling, I think, is kind of the pivot point of this offensive line group. You need to get a guy that is a true offensive tackle, true blindside protector. I think he could be the next in line if he does choose Notre Dame. Charles Jagasaw is big as well because he's an, a guy that can play true offensive tackle, could maybe play inside a guard. But you need true offensive tackle types in this class. So if you get... Pendleton, obviously, already in the class. If you get a Sullivan Absher this this Friday, and then if you're able to lock in on guys like Monroe Freeling and Charles Jagasaw, who are top 100-level recruits, and both, I would say, Notre Dame is the, is the favorite for both of them right now. If you're able to get them, then from there, it's, do you want Elijah Page out of Arizona? Do you want a Joe Otting that they just offered recently, who's more of an interior player? The fifth is kind of the cherry on top for me, but I really think that just overall... You need to get a strong group of four, and you need to get at least two that are true tackle types, and I think that they're in a good spot right now to to get that done. All right, so Sullivan Absher is the next guy to watch. He's announcing his commitment Friday. Do we know what time he's going to announce, Ryan? Yes, it's at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. If anybody wants to watch live, we'll be. Uh, it's going to be on CBS Sports, but also at AverageBreakdown.com. We'll be live on the YouTube channel to uh, to forecast that as well. All right, sounds good. Ryan Roberts, IrishBreakdown.com. Great stuff as always. I will talk to you next week, buddy. Appreciate it, Sean. Thank you. All right, you too. Take care, Ryan Roberts, IrishBreakdown.com. Sullivan Absher committing Friday, so uh, we'll wait and see what happens there we're going to take a timeout when we come back Vince D'Addario joins me next we've got a little bit shorter than usual rapid fire coming up tonight that is on the way on Budweiser's weekday sports beat South Bend Cubs baseball pregame is about 27 minutes away 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 